we were required to take this vaccine or you would be fired. We're not just fighting for the 30 of us. We're fighting for everyone in America who wants that freedom, that religious freedom, that medical freedom to decide what happens with your body and uh, what happens to the temple of God. Hey everyone, I wanted to introduce you to a couple of heroes. These are great American heroes. These men serve their countries. They are veterans of the Air Force. And they, after their service to the country, uh, which, by the way, went right through, uh, you know, through the hardest times, um, they worked for United as pilots. But then they got canceled. They got canceled even though one of them had even worked in COVID, against the battle against COVID, trying to figure out stuff for the uh, military, and yet they were canceled anyway. They were canceled by United Airlines. United, the same United that was given like $5 billion from the Biden administration and was like the poster child for Biden when it came to canceling. They applied for religious exemptions and United Airlines thought it fit for them to turn down religious exemptions. They believe in life, and they knew the COVID jabs were abortion-tainted. But, oh, no, no, United takes it upon itself to be the arbiter of religion. This is unbelievable. And so, 30 brave souls from United have chosen to file a lawsuit and we need to support them in that lawsuit. You can do that at lifefunder.com wings because they're fighting not only for themselves, but for all Americans, for freedom. Stay tuned to hear from these two pilots for United Airlines and what they had to go through and what they're doing now to fight back for all Americans in their lawsuit against United Airlines. This is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Hello, LifeSite friends. Aren't you sick of the cancel culture? Aren't you sick of the overlords at YouTube deciding what you'll be able to see and what you won't? Are you sick of them dictating morality and your use of pronouns? Well, we have had enough. With rampant attacks and continuous censorship we face here at LifeSite News, we've decided to bite the bullet. We are taking video into our own hands and we're playing on our own terms rather than the whims of big tech. We have launched our own video platform. Now we have the ability to showcase our important news and views without the risk of being banned and silenced. Defenders of faith, life, family, and freedom can now speak freely at LifeSite News without censorship from anti-life, anti-family, anti-faith, anti-freedom folks who seem to run all the big tech companies. This, of course, takes tons of hard work and also your support. So we're in the midst of our quarterly spring fundraising campaign, and we are in need of your support, both prayerful and financial. These fundraising campaigns are vital to our survival and the ability to broadcast the truth for free all around the world. So with the launch of our new video platform, we will be incurring many new ongoing expenses due to the size and bandwidth of our servers the personnel expenses to maintain such a large system, and for new and improved features that we hope to add in the coming months. 
we must raise our campaign goal of an absolute minimum of $500,000 to continue the fight to withdraw completely from big tech and strengthen our ability to survive in the giant online world. So please donate at the link in the description below. Thank you for your prayers, your support, and your dedication. We are honored to be in this fight with you. May God bless you. Jim Zitlow, Tom Floyd, welcome to the program. Thank you, John Henry. Thank you, John, for having us, sir. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jim, if you could start, tell us a little bit about yourself to start. I've had uh, a long uh, career in the uh, United States Air Force. I did 23 years in the Air Force uh, after uh, finishing four years prior to that at the Air Force Academy. Uh, I was in the class of 1987. Our class motto was uh, wings from heaven. Our wings are from heaven. So we started off early in our uh, Air Force career. I did 23 years uh, flying T-38 trainers, C-5 airlifters across the globe. I spent time at the uh, Pentagon as a C-5, C-17 program manager. I uh, was assigned to the Secretary of the Air Force's staff for a special assignment working the uh, U.S. Capitol as a congressional liaison. After that, I moved to, to uh, United Airlines, got hired just before 9-11 uh, on a, my first furlough from United Airlines, uh, moved out to NORAD headquarters uh, in a full-time military position uh, as a uh, program manager. Then I moved uh, as a chief of uh, plans for the Standing Joint Force headquarters in uh, NORAD US Northcom, where I worked on uh, the 2007 Department of Defense Global Pandemic Influenza Plan as the lead for that plan for the Secretary of Defense. And then finally finished up my uh, Air Force career uh, as a uh, full bird colonel in the NORAD Northcom Command Center, Cheyenne Mountain, basically defending the, uh, the skies, uh, space, uh, using maritime uh, assets to defend North America, both uh, Canada the United States and elsewhere uh, from specific direct attack uh, and then um, returned back to uh, United Airlines after I retired. Uh, I flew the 727 earlier, flew the 737, and uh, then late in my uh, United career was on the 787 when uh, the COVID effort happened. So, uh, and we can talk more about that later, but that's generally my, uh, my background. Thank you very much for asking. Amazing background. Tom, yourself. I uh, started in 1983, went to basic training, then uh, spent uh, six years in the Army and transferred to the Air Force, became a fighter pilot, flew, uh, flew fighters in the Air, in, in the, uh, Air Force, uh, Air National Guard, got hired to United Airlines in 2001, like Jim, and almost immediately got furloughed thereafter. Went back, got uh, after 9-11, got uh, mobilized to uh, Washington, D.C., where I worked in uh, the critical action team there at uh, Andrews Air Force Base. Uh, coordinating efforts uh, against the war on terrorism. Uh, deployed in 2003 to uh, the desert, uh, many deployments actually, but uh, that was probably the uh, the, the last uh, big one there uh, during the 2003 ramp up against Iraq and Afghanistan and Horn of Africa. Finished out my career as a, uh, as a Lieutenant Colonel in the Air Force and uh, went back to United Airlines. I flew the 737, 757, 767, 777 and then uh, retired or retired from United Airlines as a captain of the 737. And 
in addition to being pilots, you're celebrated veterans who have defended the country. That's why this lawsuit is so stunning. Well, the lawsuit isn't so stunning as what has happened to you. Can either of you give me a snapshot? Start even from the beginning, because I think many people who are viewing this program, they haven't followed that closely. So tell us from the beginning what happened, what led to the lawsuit. Basically, as we all remember how the COVID uh, pandemics began uh, late 2019, we all knew it from the start that this virus began in Wuhan, China, which is just, just west of Shanghai, uh, in, in the valleys there, uh, spread across the world. We're not, you know, there, there's a lot of speculation about how that occurred, but we flew. We Jim flew, I flew all through 2020, and, and all of the, the rest of us employees flew on United Airlines through 2020, throughout the uh, throughout the so-called pandemic. And then in 2021, they started working on a vaccine, and the vaccine was supposedly approved in late December uh, for distribution. By, by mid-March, it became available to basically general public. Uh, the United States government had, had literally purchased billions of dollars worth of these products. In a nutshell, at, at the end of uh, July, early August, the CEO of United Airlines uh, basically unilaterally decided that everyone on who is a domestic employee of United Airlines would be required to take this vaccine. Uh, they call it a vaccine, even though they had to change the, the definition of vaccine or to make that sort of fit. It's a gene therapy. We were required to take this vaccine or you would be fired. Now, there was a religious exemption or medical exemption. They call it a reasonable accommodation uh, procedure or RAP that you could apply for to abstain or refuse to take the vaccine. Uh, very cumbersome process. United Airlines made it extremely difficult. They even mocked us if we were thinking about doing this sort of thing. Our CEO got on TV and literally mocked anyone who had a religious conviction against getting this. Uh, pretty obtuse. Many people uh, turned in their religious exemption requests, and they were many granted. A lot were about 18% were, were denied. Uh, for some un, un, unbelievable reason, I, I didn't know that that was even possible for a company to say you're not religious enough or, or un, quantify your religious conviction. That was the case. And then in October, uh, well, late late September, the 27th of September, uh, you either had to have had the shot or had to have a religious, some sort of exemption, or you'd be fired. That came and passed. There was a uh, injunction. The Those of us, and I think the number was greater than 2,000 people were who had abstained from taking this vaccine, who did not take the shot, were placed immediately on unpaid leave of absence. With That was the accommodation that the reasonable accommodation procedure wow. provided to us. Everybody who uh, didn't take that shot were, were basically, and I use the word fired because it's hard not to describe what they did to us as not being fired. We were told we couldn't work there anymore, told we couldn't get paid anymore, took all of our benefits away. Um, so... Then uh, later on in March of 2022, so this is six or seven months down the road from when the vaccine uh, mandate began, they uh, actually it was 179 days to the day, uh, which is 188 days, 180 days is when the EEOC uh, procedure drops. But uh, so 179 days later, they allowed employees to return to work with conditions. And so... Uh, that is kind of where we are now. We have some employees who have returned. Some of us, like myself, I had to retire in order to have access to my 401k. Others uh, 
took other jobs and have since quit as well. So I miss anything, Jim? Early in June, uh, just to fill in a little bit of the gaps. Thank you, Tom. It's a great uh, summary of what happened. In the June-July timeframe of 2021, uh, United provided in monetary incentives, as in bonuses. Uh, some people got one hour of pay. Uh, pilots were actually authorized, I believe, 13 hours of pay that would be reduced as time went into the future. So that was a significant amount of money as potentially four to $5,000 for pilots and you know maybe $100 for other employees to try to financially incentivize them. Uh, you know, others uh, in America were being offered a, you know, a free donut and other things, but at United, they were providing, you know, uh, money to try to incentivize people to get this. But, uh, you know, as time went on from June to, to July to August, when August 6th, when they mandated 100%, the CEO of United mandated 100% of the employees would be getting the injection uh, then things got extremely forceful, coercive. Uh, as it was uh, between the messaging, and uh, then it was it's kind of like uh, those that had not gotten injected were being uh, categorized and targeted by those that were injected, and they set up kind of two different uh, two different groups to try to to push people uh, coercively to try to get the injection by September 27th. And then uh, we were ostracized on, uh, again, after the preliminary injunction, November 12th, uh, on unpaid leave. All of our benefits were taken away, including medical benefits and life insurance benefits in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, from anyone uh, you know, in America. Why would you take those away in the middle of a, some sort of a virus affecting America, but that was what was all of our benefits were taken away because it was a reasonable accommodation, of course. Of course, yeah, and, and you know, it's reasonable to, in the name of safety, and he was so worried about our health safety that he took our medical insurance away. Yeah, uh, that just doesn't seem to hold a lot of water. In the complaint, you talk about religious discrimination. What was there on that score, and was there anything more than that as well? We believe, and I think that every American probably believes the same way that that a, that religious conviction is a reasonable, you know, excuse for not going along with in any sorts of uh, thing, especially like this with an experimental drug. It was shown early on that they were using um, aborted fetal, uh, human fetal tissue to create, build, develop these these vaccines, and I took exception to that because I believe that if we if we continue to turn our head on things like that, that we are essentially supporting the abortion industry. And I take exception with that. I have, uh, since I was very young, I've been a strong supporter of uh, the sanctity of life and, and, and that, that, that all life is precious. Um, it's it made in the, in the image of our, our creator. And we don't have the, the authority or the hubris to just pick and choose who gets to live. That's God's job. So. Um, I took exception with it. And uh, so we believe that religious convictions are a reasonable stance for not taking these shots. And that wasn't accepted by United. We turned in our religious exemptions. And these are sort of the things that, that the United put a lot of the employees through, including myself. Uh, we sent in the, the religious exemption basically saying, hey, I object to this. I find it offensive. It's against my religious convictions for a number of reasons. 
not only to include what it says, what the psalmist said about, you know, God knitted me in the womb before he was, before I was ever, he knew me before, while I was in the, in the womb. He made me the way he made me for a reason. And I don't have the hubris to think I can improve on that. We turned those requests in for the religious exemption, but then the, the company basically said, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing, we think you're lying, prove it. You know, but so they said, go, go get somebody, go get somebody in your church or your, your clergy or somebody to say that you really are religious. And, and that's viol that's violative of Title VII requirements as well. You know, even, a, even an atheist has protection under, under Title VII for religious exemptions. So they basically said, we think you're lying, prove it, go get a letter from somebody or many somebody saying you're, you're, you're really religious. That's one of the things they did. And then finally, sometimes they, they denied approving a religious exemption. They decided, I guess they have some matrix by which they decided this person is religious enough, that person is not. So uh, some people were granted a religious exemption. Some people were denied a religious exemption. And those of us who were granted a religious exemption, um, depending on what kind of job we had, uh, we were placed on unpaid leave of absence. Basically, you will not work here anymore. We'll not pay you anymore, period. And that started uh, ostensibly on September 27th, September 28th timeframe and, and carried forward until uh, March 27th when they allowed some people to return. Going back in time, when did you refuse to take the vaccine? For me, it was uh, well before September 27th. I knew in the spring of uh, 2021, when there was talk about uh, the vaccines were coming, that I was not going to be taking this given I had done a bunch of my own research. And we have medical trained people in my family. We did a lot of research where we could find information uh, that was not necessarily coming from official sources, but uh, legitimate scientific studies and other information saying that this had uh, not been uh, properly vetted. Uh, there were three uh, different potential vex, you know, injections coming and, uh, you know, post-operation warp speed. But I made the decision in the spring of 2021, uh, while the, uh, the discussion across America about uh, vaccines coming, uh, that I was not going to take it. And as a former pandemic planner, uh, from the military, it didn't make sense to me that a vaccine that was developed for the original 15 days to flatten the curve back in March and April of 2020 was going to be implemented 12 to 18 months later. It just didn't follow any logic for me whatsoever. So that's why I uh, definitely passed on the, the injection. Tom, do you have anything to add? Yeah, for me, it was kind of the same sorts of things that came up uh, back in early March in 2020. They were and and they they hit this this narrative very very hard and they were effective at it. John Henry, they told you if you get back if you get COVID you're going to die, and there's just no hope for you. They increased the level of fear to a to to a height that I've never seen before in my life. That you literally are there's no chance for you. You have you have to do all these things or you're going to die. And so when the vaccine came out, um, I was very skeptical first off because of the use of the uh, uh, fetal tissue. Uh, for development and then also for production with regard to uh, a couple of the, uh, the the manufacturers. But the, the other thing that, that really made the hair stand up on the back of my neck was why 
are all these people pushing this so hard and the, and the message is so, you know, I mean, just one message. They were, they were not allowing any um, other discussions. They, if, if, if a scientist who was uh, opposed to these ideas, even like Jim says, uh, who, who was saying that, that, that these, these vaccines were not being challenged. They were, they were like, Hey, this is it. This is all you get. This is the best thing we have. Well, even, I mean, I know that there are some, some talk about breakthrough case, cases in, in August, but these breakthrough cases of people who had received the shot were getting, were getting COVID as early as June after having only got had the shot in in uh, in March, April, maybe even May timeframe. So this this vaccine was not working. It was not preventing people from getting it. It was certainly not getting people from uh, ending up in the hospital after having had the shot. So all of the things that I was seeing was just like, hey, this is this is not working. It's not safe. It's not. And then John Henry immediately um, started looking. You know, I have a I have a we have a great friend on our team. And he has a an acronym. He said uh, D Y O R. Do your own research. Look it up. Find out these answers. Don't just believe what they tell you on the TV. We had all kind of all done that. The thirty of us uh, plaintiffs, and uh, part of that in- involved what's going on with the 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 injuries, um, the VAR system. I knew nothing about that in in twenty or in in, in twenty nineteen. In twenty twenty one, that was a big big issue. And as you looked at how these, there's uh, is that website on on the, uh, I think it's on the National Institute of Health that tracks. I think it's vaccine adverse events uh, recording system or reporting system, something along there. And they tracked all of the different adverse events that were occurring with regard to this vaccine, and it was literally showing hundreds of thousands of adverse events, including death. Uh, and nobody on TV, basically, everybody who was going along with this narrative was just completely ignoring that. That made the hair stand up on my neck. And so it was early, probably March, April timeframe, maybe maybe as late as May timeframe when I had decided this vaccine is not safe. It's not going to work. John, and there's one more thing to remember about this. This vaccine was not even legal for pilots to take. We are We are restricted by the FAA from taking experimental drugs. And that's exactly what this is. Just a quick note before we return, if you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. It's quite unique for the both of you that you both were involved in the military, already seen, I, I loved your point there, Jim, about, wait a minute, we're taking a vaccine now, so many months later, when it was developed for that first one. And if you've seen viruses go through, that first one isn't around anymore. It's a new mutated virus that you have to fight. So it's kind of useless to take the first one. They're still insisting the unvaccinated take the first vaccine. <laughs> so you guys had a bird's eye view to what the public, I guess, has now. Because back then, hardly anybody was looking at VARES. But now, of course, it's all coming out. Again, when we did our pandemic planning, and you've heard this discussed now, not so much in uh, March of 2020, it was about preventing transmission, right? Prevent transmission of the virus. So we were all mandated at United by September 27th, 
2021 to have the injection. And then uh, a number of us, over 2,000, maybe closer to 3,000, were um, put on an indefinite unpaid leave and some were terminated uh, permanently. Uh, and we never knew if we were going to be able to come back. And it was said at some point, United said, well, in the future, we'll determine when you can come back. But it's interesting because over that Christmas of 2021 into, uh, you know, New Year's of 2022, uh, United had uh, dozens and dozens of cancellations of flights. And they had hundreds and hundreds of sick with COVID uh, infections uh, employees. Uh, after they had all taken this mandatory injection uh, by the September of 2021 uh, for the original uh, variant. So, uh, again, that was real obvious to us, uh, you know, over a year ago that transmission was not prevented uh, by this uh, gene therapy injection. So, uh, again, I know the uh, public is starting to see this, but isn't that interesting, uh, it didn't work, uh, didn't prevent it. And now other uh, some of these uh, pharmaceutical companies have tried to develop an Omicron version, but now Omicron is already through the population uh, many, many months past. So they don't work. They're just injections. They don't prevent transmission. They don't prevent infection. And therefore, here we sit looking back going, well, was that even worth it? You had a vision beyond what most people did. And thanks be to God for that, because, I mean, you were able to avoid what now many people know is extremely harmful. And you saw, you saw what most didn't, that it wasn't working. You saw the cancellations where all of us weren't told anything. We were just basically left in the dark thinking, oh, this must be so wonderful. All those people who are getting the vaccine are safe and good because that's what we were told. And now these this year later or so, we're finally told by the very people who are saying, take it, it will provide you protection. Bill Gates, for one, now being told, yeah, yeah, it really doesn't do anything for, for transmission. It's, it's unbelievable. And yet, this is still going on. And United hasn't yet, you know, given back to you guys. It hasn't set things straight for you. They haven't budged. They're digging their heels in on this. And uh, it, it makes no sense, not for the industry, not for pilot safety, not for passenger safety. You know, when they when they said, hey, everybody, you can take your masks off now. I think those who were behind the narrative were just hoping that there would be this enormous spike in COVID uh, cases right after everybody took the masks off. Well, there wasn't. And that's why, because the masks weren't doing anything either. There's been tens of thousands of deaths uh, or in the U.S. in the VAERS system and, and millions and millions of people impacted by these injections uh, with this long-term uh, forced injection across, you know, the, the globe. I mean, what about God's ability that he's given us to fight off infection, our, our own uh, human immunology? I mean, uh, look, uh, we have natural immunity. So many of it, they talked about herd immunity for so long, and then that dropped just ahead of uh, these mandatory injections for 84 million Americans in corporate America trying to 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 go to work and why what's wrong with people that were exposed to the uh you know the uh, infection and recovered they have natural immunity which lasts a much much longer time has now been proven in multiple scientific studies that natural immunity is actually better 
than these short-term injections that only last, you know, weeks or uh, just a couple of months. So, so again, uh, just so many questions. Why was this all done this way? People are starting to kind of see what's going on. You know, in 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 the book of James, he it, it he talks and he asks he 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 implores those who he's writing this letters to to ask for wisdom and God will give it to you. Well, it appears that as time has gone by, this wisdom has been prayed for and has been being given to people, and we're seeing these scales removed from the eyes of of, of believers and uh, opening opening their eyes and looking and seeing how we have been lied to, how we've been deceived. And uh, I think that uh, God's people are moving on this and uh, we're, make, we're making a difference. One of the things I want to return to is something that you said already, that pilots are forbidden from taking any kind of experimental drug. Because when you're flying, you've got everyone's life in your hands, quite literally. And so the idea to go for this is stunning in that they knew it was experimental. And I'm sorry to say, the guys at the top who are making the decisions that have everybody's life in their hands, they would have seen the virus. They would have seen the reality of it. Do you think that Bill Gates, when he finally came out and told us, didn't know that months and months and months before? Sure he did. So what in the world is going on with these people? And we believe that United was extremely heavy-handed in the way they handled this. We think that they, they, they can't claim they didn't know about the VAERS data or the, uh, or the failures of the programs that were, that were being uh, instituted in countries like Gibraltar and Israel and Iceland, where they had a very high 85% plus vaccination rate as early as, as, as July of 2021. And ironically, the COVID case load or count in those countries did not reduce. Actually, it continued to go up. So it was very clear early on in the program that, and this is before the mandate even occurred, it's very very clear that the vaccine was not preventing COVID spread, you know, uh, contraction. And unfortunately, it wasn't even slowing the, the death rate. Um, it, it's awful. It's just absolutely awful. So United can't claim that they didn't know because the information is out there. In a letter that I sent to him, I explained to him, hey, look at VAERS data, look at these other countries. It's not working. Now, one of the things you said in your suit is you talked about United acting as a state actor. What do you mean by that? And what did they do? This is a hard case to prove. This is going to take a long time. And we're going to do this in the court system. But <clears throat> it's pretty clear that right from the start, United Airlines was functioning as a state actor. And you can go back as far as uh, you know the May and March timeframe of 2020, when the United States government uh, gave United Airlines a $5 billion, with a B, dollar grant, a $1.5 billion loan, bought 4.6 million common stock, uh, shares of common stock in United Airlines. And this was uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it, we believe that at that time, United Airlines, as a private company, ceased to exist. At that point, it was being uh, controlled by the U.S. government. Uh, Scott Kirby came in and uh, he he stepped right in line with the Biden administration, what was going on, uh, the, the plan for universal inoculations, um, 
totally shoving his head in the sand about the different scientific reviews out there showing that the vaccines were not working, uh, antivirals or preventive uh, protocols, uh, entirely shoved his head in the sand on that. So, um, I mean, there's been some quid pro quo between United Airlines and the U.S. government. Um, United was granted contracts from the government that other airlines were not given. Um to do things because of, and we 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 assert that it's because of the the way United Airlines just so aggressively pushed this vaccine mandate in 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 conjunction with what the federal government was saying. We have further examples of uh, quid pro quo. You know, uh, Scott Kirby after uh, delivering ninety nine percent of his employees. However, those numbers had to be kind of cooked in order to make the ninety nine number actually correct. Um, uh, he had to cook the books a little bit on that, but he was given a uh, an appointment in the Biden administration. Uh, he, you know, United Airlines continued to get uh, lucrative contracts from the government, including, the, you know, flying baby formula, flying the, the, the vaccines to and from uh, points of origin uh, to their to their markets. Even Joe Biden took a special interest in what United was doing. You know, he wasn't, you know, in, in October of 2021, he was quoting the uh, wild successes of the United Airlines mandate on its employees, you know, so, oh, what a wonderful thing. But he wasn't quoting what was going on at uh, not only John Deere Tractor or uh, or Google or some of these other big companies out there. He had a special involved interest in United Airlines. And we believe that is uh, indicative of the relationship that was going on there. United Airlines was working as a surrogate for the U.S. government, uh, a state actor is what the legal term is called, and uh uh, that unfortunately puts them in a very, very bad libel situation for a lot of laws that don't necessarily apply to legal to uh, to, a, to a private entity. But once they're a state actor, they have lots of other problems they're going to have to deal with. Just to kind of paint the picture from back in 2020, when five billion dollars was given from the uh, as you know to to United Airlines as well as the 600 million dollar shares that were bought by the government. United was parking hundreds and hundreds of airplanes uh, and and basically uh, virtually came to a grinding halt uh, right uh, after March of 2020 when planes were parked. So United, you know, was was uh, working already to reach out to the U.S. government to see if there could be some help there. Uh, the government provided that quite quickly. Uh, hundreds of airplanes were being parked. They were trying to generate uh, uh, some revenue, so they started some cargo uh, movements. Uh, they were one of the first, may have been the first airline to to, to press for the mask uh, mandate on airplanes to try to get passengers back on. But it's interesting because all of those passengers didn't have to have the injection a year, year and a half later. Other other airline employees. Uh, even riding in the uh, on the jump seat of United Airlines, they didn't need to have that injection. But but uh, only United employees, only U.S. based United Airlines employees, were required to be 100% vaccinated. While the rest of the public, other airline employees, uh, jump seaters from other airlines, could all flow in and out of uh, our our United Airlines uh, airplanes. So it. Were we set up as a specific uh, population uh, or a statistic that could be uh, shown to the government 
hey, we've got 100% of our employees vaccinated, but we're not going to worry too much about uh, the passengers. We'll just let the government handle it. It just didn't make any sense. That was, again, why did that have to happen that way? Well, it certainly seems to make sense when you're talking about $5 billion. Can you go over those numbers again? $5 billion grant, was it? $5 billion, and they got an additional $2.5 billion after that. At the same time, part of the agreement they made with the U.S. Treasury Department was that the U.S. Treasury Department was going to, fi- going to buy 4.6 million United Airlines shares. So that certainly gave them a, a place at the table for making decisions, if, if nothing else. And then you say, why, why is the U.S. government buying shares in any company? We at LifeSite have an opportunity to support this lawsuit. Um, if uh, you feel inclined and prayerfully consider, please, uh, funding this work, this great challenge, go to lifefunder.com slash wings and you'll be able to donate there. Tell us, please, where we can find out more about the complaint. John Henry, we're working on uh, getting ourselves kind of set up as a group. Um, we have some extremely talented people in our group, uh, coordinators, uh, administrative types, um, big thinkers. We have a very vast and diverse group of, of plaintiffs. And so we're working on getting our 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 website set. We are we're on Twitter uh, under uh, Wings for Liberty and Justice. We're on Truth Social for Wings for Liberty and Justice. We're on Rumble for Wings for Liberty and Justice. Uh, you type those names in and you're going to come find us. Uh, we are putting out information as quickly as we can um, to, to, to explain what's going on with our with our case, with our complaint against United. But like you said, we are 30 people deep. And our pockets are not nearly as deep as those of United Airlines. They will do everything they can to fight this. Uh, they don't want to be found guilty. Uh, and and um, they're going to spend, they have deep, deep pockets. We need every every penny that people can afford to help us with this. Um, uh, what I've often ma- mentioned is if, if, we, if we have listeners out there who can just give $10 a month to us for 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 a year and just watch and see how we do. Uh, we have a very uh, very Christ-centered plaintiff orientation. Uh, we feel deeply compelled to make sure that every penny is spent very very carefully. We're trying to be as, uh, we're trying to be good stewards according to the instructions given to us in the Bible and how we handle these these uh, these donations. And so after a year's time, see how, how it goes and uh, make another decision in a year's time to continue to support us. But that would be your your, your life funder account is, has been a godsend. Absolutely, sir. You guys really are sort of, in a way, the tip of the spear for employees. How do you think your case might apply to other employees from federal organizations? Certainly with uh, not only the employees of the federal government, but the 84 million Americans who we're told on September 9th, 2021, by the president, uh, you must get this jab, you must get this injection, and or your job's at risk. Uh, you know, don't disappoint us. Uh, and he went on, said many other things. Um, you know, and that that was overturned in, in January of 2022 uh, by the Supreme Court. The OSHA uh, ruling basically saying that was uh, uh, too extensive of a, a ruling by OSHA. Uh, for an executive branch, so we we feel we're the we're a David versus Goliath case uh, where we're fighting for our religious uh, liberty uh, because of religious discrimination because of these coercive forced 
injections, and of course the state actorship, the close coordination between the US government and the United Airlines. So we are trying to make uh, our case an example for the 84 million Americans who were potentially forced out of their jobs in corporate America, as well as all of the federal government uh, employees. You know, these are our bodies. We have medical freedom. We've heard about my body, my choice. We should have that freedom to decide what goes into our bodies and what happens to us medically. And so that's what we're fighting for. And we appreciate anyone that, uh, if it, God puts it on their heart to contribute to our case, uh, we're not just fighting for the 30 of us. We're fighting for everyone in America who wants that freedom, that, that religious uh, freedom, that medical freedom to decide what happens with your body and uh, what happens to the temple of God. So please uh, consider uh, donating to our, our, our case and uh, follow us at, uh, at Wings for Liberty at Twitter, and we'll, we'll be getting more information out as this case progresses. If United gets away with this, to force employees to take a shot, to take some medical product, to take some medical procedure, if they get away with this, every other company is going to do it. If they get away with it, whether you're working at Nissan or Google or American Airlines or whatever, <clears throat> those companies will have something to look back at and say, well, United got away with it. Let's try that. And I mean, <clears throat> we can take this down to the extreme if you want. Um, they could force women to get abortions. They could force all kinds of things on, on their employees if they decide if they get away with this. We have to stop this right here, right now. And uh, this, this is, or, or basically we've, we've lost our freedom of our bodily choices and, 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 and turning it over to non-elected even, you know, just, just company officials can't be done. It's tyranny. Jim and Tom, let me say for many, many of us, thank you for what you're doing. You know, God has called you first to military service, then to public life. But he's asked you once again to fight, to fight for freedom in America. And this war you're currently engaging in might end up to be the most important one you've fought in. Thank you for your service, which is ongoing. Well, thank you, John Henry. And we believe as a group that courage creates courage. If we can do this, if we can stand courageously, it will give other people through voices like the one you're providing to be courageous as well. When their boss comes to them and says, hey, just sign this, just sign this. They need to read it. I have a friend who was just recently required to sign this thing saying that she was a white supremacist to just go along and get along. Keep your job. Don't worry about it. And she said, no. I am absolutely not signing that. I am not a white supremacist. And, and, and so she did not sign this and it went all the way up to the top of the company. She said she felt like she was discriminated against. Now that's courage. That's the kind of courage that we're trying to encourage people to do. And uh, when we stand, others stand and more courageous people come out of this. And that's what we're trying to do. We need to stand as a courageous army. We work for, we work for the most high God. We've got nothing to fear. Nothing here on this planet is gonna, gonna affect us. We are courageous. We are not given a spirit of fear. We are heirs, we're heirs to the king. So um courage creates courage, and that's what we're trying to do here. And I want to add to that, John. Thank you for this great opportunity to share what we're trying to do, not only for ourselves, you know, but everyone in America. God brought us all together. I I didn't know Tom uh at when I was at United and 
and brought us 30 plaintiffs together from from multiple states. I think we're from 19 or 20 states. Uh, and we're just a small group. We call ourselves Gideon's Army. Uh, we're 30, a specter of 10 smaller than the 300 in the Bible. And we're just, God brought us all together. And so according to Ephesians 6, we're to put on the armor of God and fight for, for righteous truth and justice. And that's what we're doing as a group. And we're trying to encourage others, as uh, Tom Floyd has just said, this is about us. This is about our service uh, you know, to the to the kingdom. And this is about what's right in America. And we're fighting for to keep those those rights and freedoms, not only underneath the Constitution, but what God has put in the Bible. So that's why we're here. We're fighting for we're fighting not only for us, but for America. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Thank you both. God bless you. Remember, everyone, life funder slash wings where you can support this case. God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.